0: go hello everyone and welcome to season two episode five of the one british man english podcast my name is lee i haven't been here for a while i would apologize but i'm not sorry Um, i'm not a creative robot i just go wherever the wind takes me it's been a little bit low on the creative side but now i'm back I've got loads of ideas and here's one of them. This podcast, for those of you who haven't been here before, is split into two parts. One is a natural conversation. Sometimes we have a guest and sometimes it's just me rabbiting on about something. I'm often inspired by my English students because I speak to people from all around the world and get lots of different perspectives. So I've usually got a few stories to tell, some interesting things to discuss and I speak in natural British English as I normally would. There's a few notes of course that I make beforehand, but I try not to script this too much. The idea of it is to train your ear to listen to some real British English. There's going to be slang, there's going to be some expressions, things you haven't heard before, lots of idiomatic sentences because that's the way I speak, and it's time for you to start using those things as well. In part 2, We go back and we analyse that natural conversation so that you can pick out some useful information that you can apply in your everyday life. We're going to keep it fun, we're going to keep it light-hearted, we're going to keep it real. Keeping it real. That's a better name for the podcast, isn't it? Now you may have noticed this, but I do talk about football quite a lot. But that's because it's a huge part of my life and today is about football too. But it's about my own experiences, it's about a new project which I'm very, very excited to share with you. Today I want to tell you the story about why and how I became a football manager. We're going to go back through my football history, we're going to discuss the injuries that forced me down this path, a path which led here to an amazing new opportunity because that's how the universe works, isn't it? I started playing football when I was nine years old. I joined one of the local football teams. and My mum and dad became taxi drivers for most of my childhood, driving me around to trainings and matches. I'm really grateful because they gave me the opportunity to find a deep passion in a sport which I still love to this day. Over the next 18 years or so, I played for a few different clubs and my whole life was about football. I couldn't wait for Saturday to arrive. I was sad when it was over. And by the time Sunday came around, I was already looking forward to the next Saturday. That's kind of how things went for a very long time. Unfortunately, when I reached the age of 27, things changed. I was playing football in Sweden at the time. I was living there too, and I started to get some shooting pains in my hip. And actually, this had been coming for a few years. But of course, like any silly boy that loves football, I just continued playing and pretended like the pain wasn't there. I don't regret this but I do think I caused a more serious injury than was necessary. I ended up having quite serious hip surgery which involved a metal plate and pins holding my femur in place and stabilising my hip joint and I was told that I should ease off on the football and I wouldn't really be able to play on the same level again and that's how it's been for the last eight years actually. So I played some social football, I've coached kids football, but nothing really gave me the same thrill and excitement of playing, and it's been tough psychologically. I'd always wondered whether I would step into management, knowing that it's quite a big commitment, even if you're managing an amateur club, but recently the opportunity presented itself, and when that happens, I personally find it very hard to resist. I moved out of the city recently here in Finland and out to the countryside into a small village. And about five kilometres away from me, there's a football club called FC Kuffen. As with every place I arrive in, the first thing I do is to look for the football team and decide, can I be a part of this? How can I get involved? And that's exactly what I did. I contacted the chairman. I said, hey, when's football training? I want to come along and see how it goes. Test this metal hip out that I've got. Only to be told, that the team had folded. They dropped out of the division after seven games due to a lack of players, the manager leaving, and a few other issues, which I later found out were behind the scenes. This meant that the local community had no men's football team. And for me, that is a crying shame. It's often a pillar of the community, especially if you're young and you're a sports person and you're growing up, that men's football team is kind of the role model. It's what you're aiming for. My first question was, who's going to take the reins? Who's going to make something happen? Are we just going to accept this? There's no football club anymore. Who is going to commit for the local community, for Finland, for football? Me. I I was, obviously. It would be weird if this podcast episode wasn't about me doing that. No, it was me. And I went to some meetings and said, hey, I want to be part of this project. Let's get this team up and running how many players have we got? The answer was three, including me. So it was going to be really tough, but I could feel right from the start that there was an energy. And there were people here that wanted this to happen, including myself. And you have to go with that energy. It felt right. All this happened three months ago, and we laid out some initial plans of how to gather players, how to reach out to local areas, seeing who's still interested in playing football, Keeping in mind that this is a very small village in the countryside of Finland, so it's not like you have people queuing up to play for the local football team. You have to be actively searching and you have to engage and you've got to go looking for people. Now, the next phase of this project and what happened next was amazing, really. And it took a turn that I wasn't really expecting it to take, making it unique and filling us with even more motivation to keep this going and keep driving forward. Let me explain. First thing we did, we reached out to just about everyone we knew, and of course we managed to attract a few local players, but we also attracted a very large number of internationals who had moved to Finland previously and were ready to start playing league football at an amateur level. So currently, we have 22 players registered in the team from 14 nationalities with a wide range of abilities, ages, cultures and languages. And the experiences that we've had together so far as a team in the last three months have been the best experiences I've had with a group of individuals. Now, I don't say that lightly because I've worked in a lot of places. I've been part of football teams in England and Sweden and Finland. But this is different. I can feel the unity. I don't know if it's because we all align in terms of sharing similar experiences of moving to this foreign land, facing similar challenges, or just feeling the need to be valued here. Whenever you move to a new place, you naturally face the challenge of adapting and integrating into the community. And it comes through finding a job or speaking the right language, engaging in activities and hobbies. And you're relying on finding the right people who are ready to build a network, a support system, and share their experiences with you. And that is something that I can see in this club. There's a nice English expression. It goes, A problem shared is a problem halved. Now, I'm not saying we all have problems and that the football team is solving all of those problems of course not but I'm sure there is an element of that for everyone involved. I have always promoted football not just as a sport but as a sport which allows people to come together to work together to solve problems together and to be together. Finland is not the only place where loneliness is a problem these days especially if you're new here and this is exactly what we're trying to create It's a place that offers a support network to people from all backgrounds, a place that promotes multiculturalism, which continues to grow and must be embraced and accepted in all areas of Finland and the world, and to promote inclusion, because every single one of us deserves to be part of something, wherever we are on the planet. So these are the reasons I became a football manager, the reasons why I'm dedicating my time, my efforts into this football team. Yes, we want to win games. Yes, we want to compete. Yes, we simply love football, but it's going to be so much more than that. And we're going to stand for great values, which are often missing, especially in this sport. I should mention that I'm not some superhero doing all this on my own. I have a great team of guys around me. A man called Francis, he's the head coach with me. He has a background in coaching international students and working very closely with integration and culture. And we have a couple of guys who were previously in the club also dedicating their efforts to some admin duties and trying to get this club up and running again. And of course, let's not forget the players, who even in the first three months are really putting in the effort and showing signs of loyalty, even at this early stage. For me, it kind of proves that when you're willing to put in this effort and when you give yourself to a cause that is going to benefit others, you get the same energy back. That's how it works. And when we're all working together with those positive vibes, there is nothing we can't do. For any of you involved in the club that are currently listening, thanks for all the hard work and let's just say, come on you whites. If you didn't catch it, the name of the team was FC Kuffen. I'm going to put a little link to the website and to the Instagram page. Follow along, give us your support from wherever you are just your input your comments your positive feedback will be great for this team and we'd love you to be a part of it now we're going to go over to part 2 we We're going to analyze some of that stuff that i said pick out some useful english for you remember pick out the stuff that works for you the expressions and the idioms that resonate with you that's the stuff that you need to learn uh let's just get straight into it part two coming up I was living there too, and I started to get some shooting pains in my hip. Shooting pains. Shooting pains. If you're getting shooting pains anywhere on your body, you probably need to go and see a doctor. It's a quick and sharp pain, literally as if someone was shooting you. That's how it would feel. I had shooting pains in my hip, which was a sign that something was seriously wrong, and the pain started from my hip but travelled down my leg every time I took a step. So you can imagine it's quite a serious pain. You can usually feel the pain moving through your body. That's the clue. Shooting pains. Shooting through your body. And I was told that I should ease off on the football. Ease off. Ease off. Ease off is a phrasal verb, which comes from the verb to ease. To begin with, Let's think about the adjective easy, because we use this word a lot. It means not hard or with no effort. Ease off, as a phrasal verb, means to do something with less effort or less strength. I'll give you an example, one that was quite common in my younger years. A friend might say, Oi mate, maybe you should ease off on the alcohol. You've had enough tonight, don't you think? It means maybe you should slow down and lower the intensity of your beer drinking. We sometimes use the word on after this phrasal verb. So we can say we usually ease off on something. Not always. It's a choice. You can put it in there. You don't need it. I need to ease off on the football before I make my injury worse. It means maybe train less and take it easy. It's funny because when someone tells me to ease off on the football... The words usually go in one ear and out of the other one. I contacted the chairman. I said, hey, when's football training? I want to come along and see how it goes. See how it goes. See how it goes. This is an expression that we use when there is an upcoming event or situation. Imagine someone asks you, for example, something about a wedding event. You've booked a band for the wedding. And someone says to you, shall we ask the band to start playing at 9 p.m. tonight? And you could reply, nah, let's see how it goes. It means that we should let the events unfold naturally because 9 p.m. might not be the best time for that band to start depending on what's happening at the time. If there are lots of people still eating dinner, it would be best to delay the band and start the music later. Let's see how it goes. It's allowing things to happen naturally. You may have noticed that I said, see how it goes, and not, let's see how it goes. This happens a lot in English. We have expressions, but we become so familiar with them that we lose some of the words, either at the beginning or the end, usually. See how it goes. It's a perfectly fine way to use this expression. See how it goes. Let's see how it goes only to be told that the team had folded, folded, folded. I just want to get your focus on the pronunciation here. For those of you who are interested in the British pronunciation, you will notice something here. To fold, we know what this means. It means to fold like a piece of paper, to fold it in half. But let's have a look at the pronunciation. Fold has an L in it, F-O-L-D. In British English, we skip this L sound. We do not say fold. We say fold. It becomes an old, old. Almost like a W, wo, fold, fold. It's a little bit lazy, but that is the common way that you pronounce a word like this. Fold, mould, cold. It's got that O sound. I'm not going to go too far into that, but just something for you to think about. So as I mentioned, we can use this verb to fold in the literal way. For example, folding a piece of paper. However, we can also use it to describe a company, a club or an organisation which has stopped functioning. It has stopped operating. Imagine folding a piece of paper with a little company inside it. You fold it and it's crushed. It collapses. It doesn't exist anymore. Usually, a company folds due to economic instability. doesn't have enough money and it has to close down, but it can be due to other reasons. A sports club can fold if it does not have enough resources or enough players or enough managers or trainers to continue their operation. The club drops out of the league and no longer exists. Boo-hoo. It's often a pillar of the community. A pillar of the community. A pillar of the community. Someone who is described as a pillar of the community or a pillar of society is a person or group that plays an important and active part in building and maintaining that community. I describe the football club and the football team as a pillar of the community because I feel that the football team is always an important part of the community. To make this a bit easier, let's look at the noun pillar a pillar is a tall vertical stone structure which usually supports a building you have pillars around the corners of the building supporting the structure of the building it's this idea of support that is used in the expression a pillar of the community someone important who supports that community my first question was who's going to take the reins take the reins Take the reins. To take the reins means to take control. When you are horse riding, if you are horse riding, you control the horse by holding on to the reins. That's the kind of rope thing that goes around the horse's neck. We can use this expression in all contexts. For example, the president will officially take the reins on the 1st of July, 2023. This will be the date where he takes control of the country. I'm going on holiday for a few weeks. Who's going to take the reins with this project while I'm away? Reins is spelt R-E-I-N-S. You are not taking the rain from the sky. That does not give you any control. It just makes you wet. Have been the best experiences I've had with a group of individuals. Now, I don't say that lightly. I don't say that lightly. I don't say that lightly. We use this to emphasize a previous sentence and show people that you are saying something because you really believe in it. You mean what you're saying and you feel it's important. They should listen. Listen up. I don't say that lightly. I don't say that lightly means, Oi, pay attention to what I just said. It's kind of serious. Why aren't you listening to me? Of course, you can say something with a strong tone. And sometimes people understand the seriousness straight away. But if you think people are not taking it as seriously as you would like them to, tell them again and say, I don't say that lightly. I don't know if it's because we all align in terms of sharing similar experiences of moving to this foreign land. To align. To align. I use this verb a lot. Let's look at some different usages of the verb to align. Physically, To align means to place or arrange things in a straight line, creating something symmetrical or parallel. You can use this meaning to understand the more common ways of using this verb. We align with people, groups and ideas by agreeing, working alongside them and supporting them in the same direction. If you are working on a project and you ask me to join your team, I need to align myself with the way that you work and the ideas that you have. It means I need information. I need to chat to you and hear your ideas so that I can align and support you in the same goal, in the same direction. You can go even further with this word into the realm of consciousness and spirituality, the real non-physical. People can align with another person's energy, with another person's beliefs and other non-physical ideas. It's one of my favorite words. I use it probably too much. At this moment in time, I feel aligned with the universe because I'm living a happy life and things are going pretty smoothly. All right, I'm coming back to Earth just for a while. And that's the end of episode five. Thanks so much for tuning in. All my details at the bottom. If you're interested in some private one-to-one English conversation lessons, I work with people from everywhere, usually intermediate level and above. Go to my website and you can find more details there. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember, I do this out of the love of my heart. So share it, tell a friend, tell your mum and dad, I don't know. Tell everyone and give others the opportunity to learn English naturally. That's it from me. Have a wonderful week wherever you are and see you for episode six, whenever that may be. Bye bye. You can go anywhere you want to go. It's a choice, you can take it fast or slow. Wrong or right, nobody has the answer. Black and white, what about all the colours? You can go anywhere you want to.